Tonight on Hobson Box Office Flops, we have a Jellicle pod for Jellicle cats. Because Jellicles can, but Jellicles probably shouldn't. Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by RevengeOfTheFans.com. We're all a little tired. We've had a long trip back from the heavy side lair, atop a broomstick, in fact. And we are going to discuss the biggest disaster of the season, Cats. A musical about cats. Maybe of our lives. Yeah. And if you didn't know it was about cats, they have an entire song telling you it's about cats. Now, before we begin, along with me are Captain Cash. Hey, everybody. And as always, hailing from Parts Unknown with a little bit of magic cat dust, McCavity. Actually, it's Chumzilla. Meow. How's it going, folks? So the first point of order, cats require a cat name. So let us begin with the naming of cats. This is exactly as much exposition as this fucking movie gives you guys. Anyway, uh, so Thunderous Wizard, I deem you uh, Mr. Crotinkle. Mr. Crotinkle. I'll take it. Mr. Crotinkle. All right. Uh, Chumzilla, what do you deem Captain Cash? Well, as any Cats fan knows, Cats have three names. So Captain Cash is Topher Seamus Shitpickle. <laughs> TSP, if I, you like. No, Wait, I'm, is that a T.S. Eliot thing? Are no. you doing T.S. Eliot on me? I'm Topher Seamus Shitpickle. Nah, you can't do that. No, you're, because you're, I had a name. So, all right. No, well. no. Too bad. You're Mr. Crotinkle. That's how it okay. works. And you're mm-hmm. Topher. Such is the yep. naming of cats. Okay, well mm-hmm. then. Old, old Deuteronomy says so. Chumzilla is Pugnacious Percival Pawsford, a most annoying kitty, who wooed you with song and dance, but his voice couldn't carry a ditty. A shameless glory <laughs> hound, old Pawsford, attention he always seeks. But beware when he bends over as you will see his bizarrely shaven cheeks. Whiskers sprout from both of them out far into the night, and then you realize his ass is his face, and the former is just a blight. This is a musical, wait, wait, after did, all. Did you write that? Yes. That, that, that's okay, better well, uh, than... Pods over, everybody. Thanks for coming yeah. out. That was great. Good, good, good night. That's better than the movie. <laughs> Pro Tinkle has spoken. Oh. Now, uh... uh Wait, wait, what's my cat name again? Something Seamus Shitpickle? Uh, Topher. Topher Seamus Topher Shitpickle. So I will request that we continue to refer to each other by our cat names for the rest of the pod. And also, in points of order, you can find the show on Twitter and Facebook at Hops and B.O. Flops. Myself at Crotinkle. And Captain Cash, where can they find you? You can find me at Topher Seamus Shitpickle at, you know, uh, you can find me at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most of your social media. And I am oh, at boy. Writer TLK. Not Crow Tinkle. For now. I'm probably changing the handle. Well, uh, I mean, obviously I'm going to have to re-update all of my social media. It's really going to throw hell for uh, my followers, but I feel like this is the way to go. This is who I am now. 
I feel like you have to. So if you haven't seen Cats, and basically nobody did, there was one other person in my showing, one other person <laughs> in your showing, and the person at my yeah, showing right. left half an hour early, and I wasn't even mocking the movie like you two were. <laughs> So we should probably say that we got entirely too drunk and started yelling at the screen almost immediately. I, I, would I like had to, a great I, time. There, I said I, it. I had a great I, time at this movie. I would like to amend that statement. I think we were very uh, reserved until we got through our, our second beer. After the second beer, all bets were off. And I would like to personally apologize to the poor 60-something-year-old woman who was the only other person in the theater with us. Because I think she was legitimately trying to enjoy the movie. And for the record, we did apologize to her about an and hour in. And she said, it's okay. Because I think she knew what she was watching. Also, we, we quieted down from memory. We're not complete monsters. That's Speaking true. of beer, the, uh, the beer for this week's pod is going to be a Stranger Than Fiction Porter. Uh, as produced by Collective Arts Brewing. It's got a really fancy can. Um, they have numerous cans that are deeply disturbing, and that seemed appropriate for this ridiculous fucking movie. So, 5.5%. Not going to blow your socks off, but it is delicious. That'll get the job done. I would just say, so you've got to wait now to see this on VOD. It's basically going to be out of theaters this weekend which is why we had to push this pod forward because there was literally no showings left around me after Thursday. And since we're on the topic of the beer, along with the saucer of milk that I'm currently drinking because I'm currently transitioning into a cat after my viewing, <laughs> I just want to be jellical <laughs> at all times. Jellical clothes for jellical thunderous wizards. Yep. Crotinkle is really loving the cat life. Uh, how many beers do you think you need to have to properly digest what is happening? I'm going to say all six, but I will also say you're going to have a pretty damn good time. <laughs> I, well, I agree. You need to have all six beers, and you need to go at this as hard as you can because this stuff doesn't happen all the time. The studio system as it exists now in Hollywood is designed to prevent this kind of massive disaster from happening. There is absolutely no reason this movie should exist. And that it does is truly incredible. And it is phenomenally bad. Like, I haven't seen a movie this bad in, fuck, ages. Since Dude, Battlefield go, go get drunk and see this. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say this, Captain Cash and I, did have about four beers watching this movie. Um, I think two more would have probably helped because it was the definition of a fever dream. It it was hard to follow. It didn't make a lot of sense. Um, there was a lot of yelling at the screen and asking questions. Uh, yeah, I, I think the more intoxicated you are, the more you might actually get into this because the more logical thoughts that you have the harder it is to, to, to follow the movie and, and stay engaged. I mean, again, like you hear stuff described as a fever dream, and I think that's hyperbole. No, this was bonkers. Just nuts. And I will say this. I am one person that usually hates exposition in movies and Good excessive news. dialogue. I, I, I'm a big fan of, like, show me, don't tell me. 
uh, this movie changed my opinion. I would have killed for some exposition because it's just like right into the deep end, right off the bat, no title card, no nothing. It's just like, what the fuck is going on for an hour and 50 minutes straight? Yep. Now, I know I'm the one who usually insists that we do like a plot reflection and we'll try to do some. But uh, the plot reflection is there's none. It's just fucking insane for two hours. No, it, it's, it was clear to me, never seeing the play, going to this cold turkey, that there's some – the cats are cats, and there's some sort of talent show with an award, but then there's bad guys that want to get involved for reasons I don't understand, and nobody likes Jennifer <laughs> Hudson, and I don't know why they don't like Jennifer Hudson, although she's wearing a cat pelt, so she's clearly murdered someone, so maybe it's that, but they don't really state that. You're, you're already going is, too, too far too fast. Yeah. You're pulling a cat oh, on the audience. No, yeah. I thought I thought I thought this was the plot reflection. The point no, is, there's no, a no. talent show. We're not there yet. Yeah, oh. we got to do the we got to do the one sentence reflection of. Yeah, we're what we're not even. Is. I've got mine. I, I thought I thought I did that when I said it was a fever dream. And it was absolute madness. We're not even to why this is actually appearing because it's not just bad, right? Listen, meow. Am I all mamby pamby around here? Am I drinking milk? We we did that we did that bit during the movie. We did that bit during the movie. This movie is. Oh, I feel bad for that lady. To a paltry fifty-five million dollars worldwide, it cost a hundred million. It's a musical about cat people. A hundred million dollars. No, it's not. It's not cat people. It's just straight cats. They're cats. Well, they're, crazy thing. Mm, but they chose they, to render it as this weird cat-human homunculus. Okay. Homunculi. That's plural. No, quick, quick stop here on the cat people. They have human I hands. I think the biggest failure. Yeah, the biggest failure of the visual effects in this movie is not Iris Elba's hands or the the Dame Judy Dench's hands appearing to be human at times. They're human the whole time. Yeah, but they they have fingers and toes the whole time. But apparently there's some shots where there's no FX on the hands. At all. Or VFX. Yeah. But that doesn't bother me one bit because they're fingers the whole time. Anyway, I think this movie would have been improved tenfold had the characters had cat snouts. I think the human noses no. was just a bridge too far. Have you ever the, seen the, the Grinch animal, movie with animal, Jim Carrey? Animorph, animorph, say? Yes, that's what this is needed. It needed no. it, it. The the human faces was just too weird. The hands and the feet I can handle, but they needed to make the cat faces more cat-like. I'll refer okay, you I, to I, three examples: Sleepwalkers, Ron Perlman is the Beast, and the shitty Grinch movie with Jim Carrey. No. None of those Which is fine. are awesome. <laughs> Two I mean, of those three are I'll, not bad. I'll be honest. I do own the Grinch's sweater from How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the Jim Carrey movie, because it's a great sweater. Uh, the movie is not that great. The movie's not that great. It's not the best Grinch by far, but it's not because of the effects. One, these That's people true. have to sing, so it makes sense to me that they just didn't screw with the mouths, because if you watch the... Uh, live-action remake of Lady and the Tramp, the CGI animal mouths are horrifying. Now, <laughs> we're off that. This not only costs $100 million to produce, $100 million to market, it's already estimated to lose over 100 Talk about bad fur day at the box office. Am I right? Huh? Bad fur day? I, you, what? 
bad fur day. We broke up. I couldn't hear you. Wait, is that is that a Conker's bad fur day joke? No. Oh. Now, uh, now that is due in no small part. It dropped all the way to ninth place in its second weekend, exercising all of its lives, and it generated just eight point seven million over the five day Christmas holiday. I mean, let's be fair. It opened against Rise of Skywalker. I I don't know whose plan that was, but ugh, you spent $200 million on this thing. Don't open it against a Star War. Yeah, that was a huge mistake. And then it just got savaged by critics. 20%, 279 reviews. You know, that's bad enough. But they released the movie without finished CGI. So according to several outlets, and I'll link to The Hollywood Reporter, within days of this being given to theaters, they'd gotten letters like, hey, we're sending you an updated version. So the movie wasn't even done. No kidding around. That is a whisker curler, to be sure. Uh, 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 You should have stopped with the the song. No. You're killing me. Well, no, that definitely was the peak, and there's no top in that. Uh, and I will say, even in the improved cut, there is definitely a shot of McCavity. Uh, 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 oh, McCavity. No, sh- sh- no in, in the original cut, there was a shot of uh, Judy Dench's wedding ring. That's the cut that I saw. Via VFX out. You saw, that's the one you saw? She you saw the wedding ring? Full human hand wedding ring. They were supposed to correct that, but there's also a shot of. Uh, uh, McCavity, where he's got a human hand, he's got human fingers poking out of his gloves, and the cut that we saw, I, I noticed that, and it was yeah, it's mm-hmm. noticeable. But honestly, in this movie, it's not the worst thing you see. And uh, I'll just add that, Mister Wizard, your puns are all better than the ones in Rebel Wilson's lines. Oh hands down, uh, pause down. I will say uh, the CGI is not really the issue. I think it's the sheer unadulterated horniness of all the cats that's the largest issue of this movie i think it, it's a combination of all of it it's these things are so deeply in the un- uncanny valley to them the uncanny valley was the promised land this is where they, they knew they had a god-given right to be and have since Move to the uncanny valley and have decided that this is where they will remain in perpetuity. Yeah. And add to that, the movie is really, really horny about the cats, and it is super weird. It, the the movie is strangely erotic, uh, entirely for who? For who? Like, why do they want me to fuck the cats in this thing so badly? Well, no, no, it's not so much that. Um, you know, settle your furry self down here. It's 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 that everyone's trying to jump the main character's bones. Like she's instantly Miss Thing. It's it's there are weird erotic moments. Um, the the tails are strangely phallic and erect at times. Um, yes. Weird. Ooh man, weird. the tails and, move. That's creepy. There's one scene towards the end where everybody gets a tail boner at the same time. But you know when you talk about the CGI, there's a lot of dance in this movie. And obviously, if you see the stage production, there's a lot of practical dance that's done. And I think one of the things 
and it, it, it hints at that uncanny valley concept is that the characters move weirdly in this and it doesn't always work. It'd be like if somebody remade Dirty Dancing and they, they CGI'd Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey and they did some extraordinary stuff like, oh, this is the special edition of Dirty Dancing and look at all these great moves. Now, that, that, you're missing the point. There's charm to the fact that that's practical dancing in that movie and that those are actually human beings doing it. They're I feel really like this doing goes a lot to that. of this. A lot they of these are, performers are incredibly talented performers. They just happen right, but, to be betrayed by how fake their feet look touching the ground a lot of times. And there's there's some wire work stuff and CGI stuff. And I think, again, it's the uncanny valley of movement that just the suspension of disbelief just evaporates and it just gets weird. It's too cartoony. It gets too cartoony. It's like it's just. I actually completely agree with Posford on this. The the charm of seeing cats live is that it's it is an incredibly intense dance thing, and to see actual humans perform that is actually somewhat impressive. But the second you just make those humans cartoon characters and then add wire work, the idea that this is all actually happening uh, kind of disappears, and like. The main character, Victoria the White Cat, is portrayed by Francesca Howard, or I'm sorry, Hayward rather, and she is a she's a classically trained ballerina. That's she, she that's her job. So I know she can dance, but as I'm watching her weird cat body face human grafted on thing move around the set, I just my brain disconnects that any real human is doing any part of this because it just doesn't feel that way. Uh, that's one of the major failings of this, and I think we can really dive into that. But before we just start using past Festivus, uh, is there any kind of house clearing we have to do vis-a-vis one sentence naming, or what, what are we doing here? First of all, there's pedigree to some of the performers, and there's a lot oh, of other yeah. famous actors, but this was directed by Tom Hooper. Yes. Of the King's Speech that and Tom Hooper. Les Miserables. Yeah. So King's Speech, Les Mis, The Danish Girl... I don't know what happened here, but it's like the train went off the track within minutes of leaving the station. Uh, uh, it hit skimble shanks and just kind of flipped the rails. That's what happened. Jennifer Hudson as Screw It, I'm Actually Going For It, Homeless Cat. Judy Dent yep. as M Cat. <laughs> Taylor Swift as Moonlight Drug Peddler Cat. Or as I prefer to call her, Tits McKitty. Uh, Idris Elba as Evil Magic Cat. That is sexy, question mark? <laughs> James Corden as himself. Ray Winstone as, of course I'm a grouch, I live on a barge cat. <laughs> and Rebel Wilson as Itchy Crabs cat. <laughs> oh my god. We're going to get there. That's the we're second gonna, time I got about, crabs. Uh, we're going to talk about reasons why I don't think this movie works. But... That is correct. Those are people that are in this. These are all the big stars of the movie, like the well-known actors, and none of them are actually the really great performers. Oh, and I forgot Gandalf the Grey Gus. Oh, my God. Uh, Ian McKellen. Magneto, no. You didn't need the money. That's the funny thing. They have all these big-name actors. None of them can sing. And then they have a legit like host of theater actors who are very good. And you'd be like, oh, I would see them in some sort of show on Broadway. 
I mean, hell, Jason Derulo is in this, and I think he does a really good job. Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, yeah, he's a singer. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, Jennifer Hudson also does a really good job of memory. Uh, you can tell that, like, that's the one song everybody knows about Cats. And it's the one song that's not batshit insane. That is also true. It, it, it is actually generally heartfelt. It's the one song not about being some sort of mischievous cat. <laughs> Why does everyone hate Jennifer Hudson? Why can't she play their cat games? Because she ran with McCavity. Yeah. That, that's the in-universe answer. Oh, so she, so she slept with him and now she's person non grata. Is that it? I, I think is so. That she's what, effectively, is that what's implied? They shared she's a cat an older her. version of Taylor Swift's cat. I feel like I feel like ah uh, I see okay I get a connection now I feel like this is like a really weird version of Greece but with cats. I I don't track that logic, but I'm not sure I need to. It, well, it, it's kind of like if Olivia Newton John hooks up with John Travolta and then like the the the, the goody two shoes don't bring her like won't accept her around. She has to run. She has to run with the. That's greasers. exactly what happened in Greece. Yeah, she it's... had to pretend like she didn't know Danny Zuko. Yeah, sorry. Come on, dude. Try and keep up with your musicals. It, it, it sounds like shit pickle needs to watch Grease again. Yeah. So the film's description, according to IMDb, and this is, I guess, as close as you could get to describing this movie, a tribe of cats called the Jellicles must decide yearly which one will ascend to the heavyside layer and come back to a new Jellicle life. So really, this is all about reincarnation. Uh... sure (laughs) i mean that yeah i mean really as close to a sensible description as you can have that's not how i chose to describe it how did you guys choose to describe it we'll start with you pause first i'm sticking with my original rant on this this was a a catnip fueled fever dream of nonsensical musical numbers and strangely erotic furries Mr. Pickle? Well, sir, if I were to describe it in one sentence, I guess I would say young, impressionable female moves to the big city and immediately joins a cult. (laughs) So she doesn't really move so far as she gets put in a sack and thrown into the gutter by her evil owner. Yeah. Who who is also, is that the only human in the movie? Uh, Yeah. Here we was, don't even see the human's face, just the feet, the legs. Yeah. So uh, we're going to get to some questions, but I do have some questions about the city in which they live. Wait, wait, what's your, what's your one sentence? Yeah, my one sentence is horny felines behave vaingloriously, singing whimsical songs of self-promotion, and then engage in an organized cat sex party before the watchful eye of Jame, Dame Judy Dench. <laughs> yeah, she's totally the dungeon master. She... To be fair, she is resplendent. I do want to say, we, we really kind of went over why this movie failed so badly. But this was an incredibly successful show in Broadway. It was the fourth yeah. longest running show ever. Sixth longest running show in London's West End. Uh, I'm not sure why. Because I've listened to the soundtrack to this movie now like, I don't know, 15 times. And I've listened to the Broadway soundtrack. I'm I'm not sure why. I can't stop listening to the music, but I don't know why it's successful. But, it's a but the thing is, the music, without the visuals, is fairly good. The visuals really don't help 
most of the music because they're so weird. Listen, I'm an old school theater nerd. I remember when the tagline for Cats was now and forever. That's how long this thing ran. That's how successful it was. And I didn't see it until like three years ago. And I did not know what I was getting into. And it was weird to see live. And I will say you're underselling it when you say it's long running. I think it's not only long running, but it is beloved. People love this musical. Yes. And I I, I was aware of it. I, I was not a theater nerd, so I never was really persuaded to, to, to dig in or, or view the actual theatrical production. Uh, but after seeing the movie, I am at a loss. I... I I can't see what people see in this um, if it's anything like the movie. So I don't have that frame of reference in terms of what the theatrical you know, uh, production looks like. But holy crap, it just seemed like an unholy mess of just garbage uh, so, after seeing the movie. Like I'm just I, I'm like, how did this make money? How, how did this back to I think what uh, uh, shit pickle said? What? <laughs> What what studio executive was looking at the dailies from this and said, "Oh yes, that's it. More of this. More cats. More it's more not the tail dailies, boners. That's the issue, more, though. More, that's what more. I'm telling you. The da- all of this is green screen, and yeah. all they they basically mocap everyone. I there's still going to be there, there's still going to be dailies. There's still going to be stuff being sent up to the producers, and they're going to be like, oh, this is great.'" You know, it looks like a bunch of stone cats rolling around mussing themselves. Well, yes. Tom Hooper has More of that. infinite leeway because he won an Oscar. So maybe they can, just trust him. Can they take that, can, can they take that back? That's my favorite review of this movie. They said, hey, um, is it possible to take an Oscar back? <laughs> Like, like that is the best review I read for this movie. Somebody was actually pondering, like, is it possible to like retroactively pull an Oscar back from somebody? <laughs> That's how bad this movie is. Now, I, I two schools of thought. I mean, we pretty much explained why it failed because even if this had a big opening, it was going to drop like a hot rock because it is not a particularly good movie. I do think it's going to go on to become a cult classic because I think. Theaters will show this. People will come, get drunk, laugh hysterically, you know, make cat noises. This is the new noises. Rock Your Picture Show. Yeah. I think this, this is, is the, we're going to get drunk and we're, we're going to come in costume and fucking it's, it's going to be, this is what this movie is. That's why I feel like you need to see this live. This isn't a movie you should watch at home. This is a movie you should watch surrounded by a bunch of other people who are like, this is fucked. I cannot believe this is a thing. And uh, it clear. I think one of the the big issues, right? The Cats was popular in like the eighties and nineties. It this came was, out in like seventy eight, right? Yeah, this was far too late yes. to bring this to the movie theaters. When I was a kid, no, yeah. oh, uh, oh, I take it back. I'm sorry, nineteen eighty one. When Cats. I was a kid, they would show Cats commercials constantly because that's yes. when it was like at the height of it. It, it just kept running. Yeah, motherfucker, um, now and forever, cats. Yeah, and I've never in my life, I don't think, seen a commercial for another production like they ran for that show. At least that it just stuck with me because it was so weird, I guess. But They, they, they still do uh, uh, productions at the Fox Theater in Atlanta on the regular. 
So I do have some other questions are super serious slash they're not actually serious ones. Nothing about this movie should be taken seriously for the record. The first being, are you blind when you're born? Can you see in the dark? Can you look at a king? Would you sit on his throne? <laughs> Can you say that your bite, that it's worse than your bark? Are you cock of the walk when you're walking alone? Hmm. Much to, much to ponder there. Is that the first dick joke of the movie? <laughs> Listen, true to form, the first thing that this movie does is show you cat buttholes. Except there are no genitals or buttholes. It's mostly just a lot of weird cat butt shots. And uh, we're actually going to talk about that. Here is the real first question. Um, in your head canon, what does being tabbed as the jellical choice really mean? So to explain the jellical choice is our good friend, Shit Pickle. And I, I wish I could start this with song, but I'm, I'm not as jellical as I'd like to be, but I'm going to jellical try. The whole purpose of this film or this story is that the cats are doing their self-promoting songs to be the jellical choice, the one chosen to go to the heavy side layer by the old Dench herself, Dame Judy Dench, the Dencheronomy, uh, old Deuteronomy, the jellical that chooses. Um, when they are chosen as a jellical choice, they are theoretically reborn as a new jellical cat with no memories of their old jellical life. Which is weird because this is rendered in the film as them getting in a hot balloon and simply ascending <laughs> into the sky. Yeah, Willy Wonka style. Yeah. Um, I mean, for the rest of the movie, it's literally just the cat singing about how awesome they are and then Idris Elba's macavity kidnapping them until ultimately, uh, what's her name, Jennifer Hudson's... Uh, uh, who sings memory? Scarface. Her name is Grizabella. Uh, yes. Grizabella. Hudson's Grizabella is chosen as the jellical choice, and they put her in a hot balloon and uh, hot air. Yes, excuse me. They put her in a hot air balloon, and she simply she descends into the sky. Yeah. So, okay, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I had a different theory about the ascension to. You know, to the next level. Well, it's your uh, headcanon, so what yeah, does right. it really I mean? Do it. What, what I assumed throughout the movie until that last scene was that, because these are alley cats, these are London alley cats. Okay, well, I mean, again, some of them have collars, so you could make the argument at least a couple of them have. Oh, and some do have homes. Um, you know, Rumple Teaser and Jenny, uh, uh, M Mungo Jerry and Rebel Wilson. Mm. Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser do not have homes. They break into homes and they cause a ruckus. Oh, I thought that's where they live. No, 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 because they mentioned in the song that the their owners say, which one was it that did the bad thing? Uh, was it Mungo Jerry or Rumple Teaser? I, I thought yes. people they're, they're assholes, them. but that's their house. They were reputation. Yes. But like my that. assumption was is that the cats that all get together in that community, that there's a better a better neighborhood to live in. Like I assumed they were going to a better home where they'd have a good cat life. But then that gets blown out of the water because when you do finally see uh, Grizabella ascend to the to the next tier, uh, when she, she achieves that plane of existence, it's a hot air balloon and floats off. And it's like, all right, well, I guess this is just completely bonkers. Here's the thing. Science nerd in me knows that the heavy side layer is a part of the Earth's stratosphere. 
Uh, I don't know that you can actually get there in hot air balloon, but it exists at 90 to 150 kilometers above the Earth's surface. And it's basically how you can send radio waves, not quite completely around the world, but beyond the horizon. So I assume this cat just descends until they basically asphyxiate because of lack of oxygen. It's a death cult. It's a fucking death cult. Well, I I, I thought it was a wordplay. I thought it was wordplay for heaven. Yes, that's okay, clearly I'm not being what it complete is. Complete dickhead but, about this. Yes, I think that's what it is. Right, but 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 I, I thought I thought to them heaven was getting to like an, a, a better home. You're not having nearly enough fun with this. And that and the cats were meant to suffer through their nine lives. But if you were so lucky, you might be able to burn a life to get to the more comfortable existence. God damn I thought it, it was like Crystal a po- Pofford, You're taking this too seriously, yeah, and it's this is it's too this much. is a real downer. It's clear to I'm me. I'm sorry. Have you ever seen The Good Place? And all the cats think they're in The Good Place? Or all the people think they're in The Good Place? Is, is, that, is that the Kristen Bell thing? This alley yes. is actually just the seventh circle of Dante's hell. So even when you ascend, you've got yeah. six more layers to go. Hmm. <laughs> I, I would posit that it's even deeper than the, the seventh circle. Wait, how many circles did Dante give? It's at least one more than that. <laughs> it, uh... And when you get to the sixth layer, they just skin you alive and give your coat to old Deuteronomy. <laughs> oh my God! So her Grizabella, she clearly murdered somebody. Because that's and my, so does uh, McCavity. That's the safest assumption about cats wearing fur coats, right? That they had committed cat murder. And or, honestly, or, this, or this they just me. get it from Rebel Wilson, who apparently has two cat skins. Yeah, or infinite cat skins under her cat skins. At one point, so th- this gets into my, the two reasons I think this movie just is too fucking weird and didn't think through what it was doing. The first one is almost all of the cats are nude, except for like three or four cats who have clothes on. And when they all disrobe, it makes your brain go, oh, fuck, all the cats are naked. Why is this so horny? What am I watching? And then the second part is, this movie starts with the whole naming of cats and Victoria the white cat shows up. But really, the first musical number that it kicks into is Jenny Any Dots, which is the Rebel Wilson song. where well, she Jellical song for Jellical cats. Yes, yeah. I know. I get yeah. that. But yeah. That's the exposition song that's, hey, welcome to the thing. Here's the first one. And it's fucking Rebel Wilson. And she takes off her skin to reveal a, vet, a pink vest and hot pants and sparkly fur under her fur already. And then it introduces the biggest mind fuck of this entire movie, which is cockroaches and mice that also have human fucking faces. And for some reason, the human mice things are all played by children. These are cats. Presumably they're eating these human children mice things. It's fucked up. Well, that's why she wasn't Some of those cockroaches that have human faces. Everyone in this movie has a human face because I didn't get the snouts that I wanted. So that's in universe. You live in a but real what strange I w- reality, Posford. Posford really needs the snout to, to yeah. go snouts. full jellical. But but what I will say is that I had to ask someone who has seen the stage uh, play, and I said, "Are there is there a part where there are cockroaches to get eaten?" And they're like, "No, no, that's, but that's it's not part the of the play. song." It's part okay. of the song. Yeah. But again, I feel like this is one of the first times where I'm saying, like, I, uh, tell me, don't show me. 
I didn't need that. And they showed and, and, you. They showed you the cockroaches. That's, no, that's but as I was saying, they they, I would have settled for the song. I didn't see it. And I, I thought it was really funny because they're not just human cockroaches, which is correct in universe. They were a little like rocket cockroaches. It was like a, a chorus line of rocket cockroaches. That is accurate. That's completely accurate. And it, it, was, is, it is so fucking weird. Like, again, back to my fever dream description. Like, this was surreal. And this is like 15 minutes into the movie. And that was definitely one of the, like, what the fuck am I watching moments? Like, this movie has no chill. What? No chill at all. Yeah, it, it's just like balls to the walls from the get-go. I think it's pretty safe to say, because I had a question about all the bonkers stuff that happens in this movie. And I was going to say, which one scene was just too much for the both of you? It sounds like the mice with children faces. Immediately was too much. No, no, no. That that was weird as hell. The Taylor Swift scene was too much for me. Where the catnip is essentially like a toxin. Well, it's uh, it's because I was waiting like the whole Spanish movie fly for... or cocaine or both. Angel Dust. I was wait. I was waiting for Taylor Swift to show up in this movie the whole time because she was billed as one of the stars. I'm like, all right, when when's T Swift going to show up? And when I she like does, T Swizzle. And and uh, and Cat Taylor Swift was kind of hot. I'm not going to lie; it was a little weird, but it was that that was that whole thing. The stark the furry darkness exists in, in Taylor the, Swift for that. Possible. That to me, to me, that was the weirdest part. Bar none, because it was towards the end. You thought you'd seen it all, and then it just like goes, and here you go, off the edge. So there's a lot of very bizarre things that happen, but for me, above them all, Mr. Mistopheles is looking for Gus the theater cat, and he comes upon Ian McKellen like at the end of the Blair Witch Project, and he's just licking out of a water bowl. Like, head down, standing straight up, head down, lapping water out of a water bowl. And I'm like, what? Why? What is the purpose of this scene right now? And then, of course, he breaks into song, and God bless the guy, he can't sing at all. Well, you actually see him before that. He appears in background yeah, he's in the background But shot. he's barely it... around, and he just comes upon him slowly lapping water out of a bowl which prompted me to to yell at the screen gandalf no <laughs> you, you didn't have to do this magneto you have enough money now this is Don't a really do this important to yourself. question a very important question who's the more powerful cat sorcerer is it mccavity or mr mustopheles mccavity hands down yeah okay yeah, no question. You're both she, wrong. He makes people disappear on the regular. Yes. He's, he's sn- he snatches up their souls. But for much of the film, Mr. Mistopheles... He's like Mr. Mistopheles is essentially the David... Is essentially the David Copperfield of cat magicians. Oh David my God, Blaine. David Blaine. It's all illusions. David Blaine. But then, in their time of cat need, when old Deuteronomy has been kidnapped... And his song comes. Has there ever been a a cat so clever, quite so clever as Mr. Mistopheles? He turns it on. All of a sudden, he's Gandalf the White. Shit's popping out of his hat. He's throwing flowers in the air. Old Deuteronomy's back. He's the most powerful cat sorcerer. Bar none. Because when McCavity needs his kidnapping trick, it fails him. 
Yeah. He's yeah, a fraud. That's a fair point. Okay, I, I will say this. We commented on the nudity of the cats earlier and the, the, the clothes they wear and all that. I think in the top five most disturbing things this movie to me were any of the tuxedo cats. Hmm. The tuxedo cats weirded me out. Something about the white stripe down there made them look extra naked. I don't know what it was. I didn't like any of the tuxedo cats, including Mr. Mistopheles. You better they take weirded that back. me out. Take it back. Uh, oh, I, I, they just looked extra naked to me. First of all, I, Mr. Like, Mistopheles wins the heart of Victoria. Against all odds, because Rum Tum Tugger, who gets every cat lady in, in the neighborhood horny, I'm his, not sure it's every cat lady explicitly. It's, it's just every cat. Every period. cat. Every cat. Yeah. As he breaks <laughs> into this milk bar. Wait, was the milk bar thing? Is that is that a Clockwork Orange reference? I have no idea, and that was one of my questions. I, I want it to be. Why is I this city Clockwork Orange full of human-sized things, but they're all cat-centric? It's like they live. You know how before we were telling Possiver, Percival Pawford. His name is Pugnacious Percival Posford. Jesus Christ. Posford, please. L- listen, P-Cubed. You know how we're telling P-Cubed they're taking it too seriously? Now you, sir. You, sir, Crotinkle. Mr. Yeah. Crotinkle. Taking it too seriously. That's fair. Yeah. Well, that's probably because if you look at this next question, asking whether you'd rather live as a Jellicle or in the current timeline, I mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm all in. I don't care if this is the 8th or ninth or 10th layer of Dante's Hell, which didn't exist until this movie appeared before my eyes. I want to be a Jellicle cat. I want to sing, and I want to dance, and I want to frolic, and I want to play. I want a giant milk bar. I want cats riding moons with... Weird cat orgies. Just the whole thing. <laughs> I'm all in. I want to hang with Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser. I want Mr. Mistopheles and me to pull rabbits out of hats. I want to be a Jellicle cat. I, um, so, dear listeners, uh, if I had to characterize the last 10 years of our lives, I spent a lot of time going to San Diego, visiting, uh, dear Crotinkle, uh, so we could go to Comic-Con. I live in Pittsburgh, and we have Anthrocon, which is the premier furry con. I predict 2020 will pretty much just be me and Crotinkle hanging out at Anthrocon for the next 10 years. That's going to be great. Uh, honestly, do I want to live in the current timeline or be a jellical? It's it's kind of a coin toss. I kind of like how my life is going, even if the world is going to shit. <laughs> things things have oh god damn. Uh, listen, you know what? Like the cat's third name, I'm gonna keep that answer for myself. I will just say I'd rather have my worst nightmare be Macavity than the orange fat cat with degenerative dementia. Okay, so, uh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, shit pickle. I, I can't I can't stick with reality right Seamus now. Seamus shit because... pickle. I'm like Mungo Jerry. I need both names. Yeah, Mr. Seamus shit pickle. Mungo Jerry is actually one name. Yeah. <laughs> Rumble Teaser is disappointed in you. Um, yeah, come on, dude. So... <laughs> You know what? I'm I'm going to leave this reality behind. For all its warts uh, uh, on both sides, I think the the, the life of a jellical cat with Mr. Crotinkle is the way to go. And I'm going to do my best to try to hit on uh, Cat Taylor Swift because you know what? Maybe I got a shot. <laughs>
Hey, McCavity's out of the picture. He's stuck on top of his statue. Uh, yeah. Shoot your shot. Last Shoot question. Your shot, possibly. This I'm was going for uh, based on a T.S. Eliot poem or book of poems. So how in the hell did it turn into this '70s furball acid trip from hell? Wait, I got this. That answer is Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> if you're not familiar with Andrew Lloyd Webber, he is the uh, scribe of such other spectacular musicals as Phantom of the Opera, Sunset Boulevard, uh, fucking Starlight Express, which is this exact same musical, but instead of cats, it's trains, and the actors are on roller skates. I'm not fucking kidding. I want to mm. see that. <laughs> it, I, I have seen Starlight Express in London. It's fucking insane. I don't know if yeah. it's still going on. I saw it in it, the 90s. And I'd like to also point out that T.S. Eliot was the uh, OG weeb. Like, he was born in Missouri, but he had a massive hard-on for London. And he moved there, like, I think in his 20s, and lived, proceeded to live the rest of his life in London, going as far as to renounce his American citizenship. So he absolutely love cheery old London. And that's also the reason that cats is, you know, set in London. Like that dude just loved British London culture. So, uh, part of the, the, a lot of the songs charm is the British accents. Uh, now here's my theory. Late one night, Andrew Lloyd Webber was digging up dirt on his boss, Max Shrek. And Max Shrek caught him and pushed him out of a window. And he fell, I don't know, 35, 40 stories to the ground below on a cold, blistery winter night where he lied there unconscious in a coma being licked by cats. And it was during this coma that he dreamed the wonderful world of the Jellicle Cat. Uh, and of course, and he then came sold back. his life story to Tim Burton. Yep, sold his life story to Tim Burton, which became Batman Returns. And thus, two glorious creations were born and seen um i have one issue with that uh, scenario it did not have entirely enough michelle pfeiffer yeah, in latex yeah that really that really drop kicked me into puberty sometime in like 1992 yeah that that was super i, I liked that and i didn't know why like well, yeah that was formative that, that that was like daisy dukes on steroids so, uh, yeah, uh, before you two go the way of the Jellicle Cat... The uh, right age of 38, our, our wonderful <laughs> Possiford had that same feeling about Cat Taylor Swift. Yeah. We are going to take a break. Uh, you two wait, wait, need to wait, wait, cool off. Uh, cold showers go, uh, all around. Go roll around the litter box for about five minutes. And, Cats don't uh, do that. I don't have a scat thing. When we come back, I've got a couple <laughs> interesting things about the movie. But I also have a catastic trivia challenge. Couple interesting things about the movie? Question mark. A couple. Welcome back to Hobson Box Office Flops. The Jellicle crew is ready to get Jellicle with some Jellicle Cat trivia. It's the only choice that would be Jellicle enough for the show. Before we get there, I have a few interesting things about the making of the movie. The cast members told BuzzFeed News they had to go to three months of cat school to prepare for the role. 
To quote Laurie Davidson, Mr. Mistopheles, he said, We played a lot of games to get into the mindset and physicality of cats. Boy, would I have liked to see that. Do you think they had a giant fishing rod with a uh, furry mouse at the end and they made the chase it around? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm, I don't know what cat school was, but I'm terrified. <laughs> I, I saw an interview with Jason Deluro. And uh, they get that right? Del, Del, Delrulo. Delrulo. Jason Delrulo. Yeah, he was on the Wendy Williams show. And he was talking about uh, what they had them do and how they taught them to get squatted down and did all that. And he did that like on stage in street clothes. And it was really weird. It, it made more sense in the context of the movie, granted. But to see a guy in street clothes do it, it was super creepy. It was kind of like how uh, Shit Pickle used to pose for photos in college where he did that Spider-Man squat all the time, like un- unprompted. Used to. Get down real low and get weird. He still That's does That's kind of like pose. it was, but like in motion. It was it was awkward. Uh, second interesting thing. <laughs> I stand by. Not that awkward. Second interesting thing. Dame Judi Dench was cast in the original 1981 London stage production in the dual roles of Jenny Any Dots and Grizabella, but she had to drop out when she forced an injury prior to the show's premiere. She was replaced by Ellen Elaine Page. Now, who wants to be the jellical choice? All it takes is winning the Catastic Trivia Challenge. Can I sing Toss a Coin to Your Witcher? Uh, is that close enough? No. I have Oh shit. I have six questions, and I'm very excited about this. Number one, are you ready? I don't think I listen. Nothing can prepare you for or can prepare you for any of this. So sure, yeah. No, no, that isn't going to be. I I can stand like three more beers, but let's do this thing. I've been through cats. I'm ready for anything. Ugh. Okay, which of these insane cat names? is not actually featured in the movie. Bear with me, because I made quite a list here. A, Bamba Lorena. B, Monkestrap. C, Victoria. Monkstrap. Monkstrap. It's pronounced Monkstrap. Monkstrap. Bamba Lorena and Monkstrap. D, Demeter. E, Rumtum Tugger. F, Wally Whiskers Waverless. G, Jenny Annie Dots. H, Rumpelteaser. I, Jelly Laurel. I mean, it's it's E. It's, yeah. it's E. It's F. Rumpel Tucker it's... was E. Yeah, I made that. Oh, up. sorry. So, no. Bob it's Bob the one Bob. after Rumpel Tucker. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Bomb yeah. Ballerina was Taylor Swift. Monkestrap, Robbie Fairchild, Victoria, as you mentioned, Francesca Hayward, Demeter, Daniela Norman, Rumpel Tucker, Jason Derulo, Jenny Anidot, Rebel Wilson, Rumpel Teaser. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm pronouncing this right, but Naomi Morgan and Jelly Lorem sure. Freya Rowley. I didn't know who Jelly Lorem was, so or Demeter. I think they were just more background, and then Demeter. Yeah, there, there are a lot. There are a lot of cats. There are a lot of cats. Number two. The movie includes all of the classic songs from the play, but also includes a new one, specifically written for the movie. Would you like me to just tell you what the one specifically written for the movie was? Because I can. Yeah. Okay, what is it? 
Beautiful Ghosts. Yeah, yes. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift yeah. recorded that. She didn't yeah. sing it. Mm. Victoria sings it. But she, well, she I, I I thought it was fine. It was kind of an interesting echo to memory. Yeah. So she sang uh or she performs the mystery cat, McCavity the Mystery Cat. Uh she wrote the song with Andrew Lloyd Webber. Which is pretty wild, all things considered. Okay. Taylor Swift's a poser. Number three. The film version is the first time this cat was played by a female. Is it Rumple Teaser? Can I just tell you? Because I'll just tell you. You're really killing this now. I'm sorry. I, 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 I thought we were being jellical about this. I, I don't know. Th- I don't know this one. So this is all you. Wait. Yeah. So let let, uh, let Pawsford get the choices. Is it A Rumple Teaser? Uh, B Bombardier. I, I will let Pause make the jellical choice, but I'll have you know I'm on the uh, I'm on the other side of the heavy side layer already. C Old Deuteronomy. D whatever you said. Demeter. Demeter. Doesn't really Demeter. matter. They never say the name. Dickwad. <laughs> so that, that is not how that is pronounced. What do you think, <laughs> Pawsford? <laughs> what was the second one again? Uh, Bombalarina. No, that's Chick. The first one? Rumpelteaser. Yeah, that one. It is. Go ahead. The correct answer was Old Deuteronomy. Yes. Old Wait. Deuteronomy is... Is, oh, wait. So, so his trade by a man, a dude. Deuteronomy's a dude. Yes, usually. Oh. Yeah, usually. Hold, pause. Pause. Why? Can we just call did it the not... old Denturonomy? Because I feel like that's the way to go. No, because but did you not say at, at the onset of the, the Q and A session here that the, the Dame Judy Dench was considered she for both roles? She wasn't cast as old Deuteronomy. She was cast as Jenny no. Any Dots and Grizabella. Oh, the Grizabella. And, okay, yeah. and the memory role too. Yeah, yeah, in the memory role. I'm sorry, I, I just completely okay. So the old dudes was a dude. Cool, cool. Uh-huh. Moving on. Cool, Moving cool, on. Cool, cool, cool. Number four. Five Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals have been adapted to the big screen. Which one of these is the outlier? The Phantom of the Opera. A. B. Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. C. Love Never Dies. D. Jesus Christ Superstar. I mean, by outlier, arguably you could do Love Never Dies because that's a sequel. And as far as I know, there's not been a theatrical production of it. Um, I'm trying to think. Has there been a fan? Yeah, there's been a fan of the opera movie. So, yeah. Yes, Love there has been starring Gerard Butler. There's been more yeah. than one, if I'm correct. As, there's, yeah, there's yeah. multiple. Yeah. yeah. But not specifically based on the play. And extra fun, uh, that was uh, directed by one Joel Schumacher. Batman. With, so, so. The bad one. The Vince Ellis Phantom. has an amazing whole Wait. thing about Phantom. It's great. So, so the Phantom suit had nipples. Yes. And I in mean, fact, the movie starts with a close up of his crotch and then his butt and then him putting on the mask. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, his hands playing the piano. So. He just, yeah. kept, you know, he kept certain tricks that he loved from Batman and Robin and Batman Returns. He just couldn't get rid of them. And then Alicia Silverstone shows up and goes, "The Aristocats." Yeah. <laughs> no, wait, that's a different joke. Anyway. So, what do you think, Pawsford? Oh, uh, the 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 love, whatever one. Love that, never dies. That is love correct. never dies. Yeah. I it mean, is. Yeah, uh, 
what is it? Three to so, two. So the only one I didn't recognize. Yeah, three to two. Shit pickle. Two more to Oof, go. Okay, here we go. Yeah, Love Never Dies is the sequel to Phantom of the Opera that happens at Coney Island. Yep. I've not seen it, and I'm not gonna. Ah, no, now that you say that, I have heard of it, and I wish I hadn't. We're, this is a classy pod. We're, we're a jellical pod for jellical people. Yeah. Yeah. Number five. This frisky feline has made the rounds on talk shows discussing the need to CGI out his sizable tender vittles. Is it A, Mungo Jerry, B, Rumtum Tugger, C, Mr. Mistopheles, D, McCavity, or E, Gus the Theater Cat? Listen, as much as I want it to be, to be Gus the Theater Cat, and as much as it is my headcanon for it to be McCavity, and I, I really do believe McCavity would be the move, what, what, hold on, but, but remember that Gus is, the theater cat is named Gus because his real name is Asparagus. Exactly. So maybe he's tucking something, I'm just saying, but continue. But my point is, that sounds like a thing Rum Tom Tugger would say, whether it was true or not. It, yeah, it's Rum Tum Tugger. It is so in character for Rum Tum Tugger to go on talk shows talking about his cathood. And yes, that is the correct answer. <laughs> yeah. It Damn to, you, shit pickle. According to other cast members, though, that is a fallacy. They said, listen, we're all cats. We're all nude. Everyone's tender vittles had to be CGI'd out. Not just Rum Tum Tuggers. He's a curious cat, though. So, you know, what can you do? It's so weird. It is so weird. Okay. The whole thing's weird. Two-part question. First part's the easy part. Second part is a bonus for two points. So you can come right back, Posford. Number six, true or false. Cats was originally intended to be released as an animated feature. True or false? So I think I know this. I'm going to take a stab and say false. I think it's true, but not this production. They, They had looked at a full just completely cartoon version of it some number of years ago. It is true. Now, uh, huh. you can tie it if you tell me the studio that was going to make the movie. It is a studio run by perhaps the greatest living filmmaker we have left. But that, you know, that's debatable. But he certainly made a lot of movies that we love. A lot of them. What's Joel Schumacher doing? What what the what, what production company does he run? His uh his animation studio is Bat Nipples Incorporated. I really Bat so, Crouch so Productions. What, what, what's Zach's animation like, studio? Like I just said, Ralph Bakshi, because Cats as a movie, as an animated full on Cats movie, should be a Ralph Bakshi production. Okay, okay, so so I'm just gonna be, I'm gonna dork out here for a second. I'd say Bass Rankin would have been my first guess. I mean, yes, but, we're on the same page, same deal. Yeah, but but Rankin based on, based on what? Uh, uh, Let's put it this way. Crow Timble said. Crow Tinkle. Crow Tinkle. Crow Tinkle. Yeah, Tinkle. Sorry, Crow Tinkle. <laughs> but based on what Crow Tinkle said. Yeah, Mister Crow Tinkle. That's not right. Um, the greatest living filmmaker we've got right now. Um, Do you want a hint? Oh fuck me! Yeah, give me give us a hint. Turns it's out Spielberg. 
Yes. Spielberg and Amblin. It was Amblination. I was gonna say, okay. I see. I was gonna say, is it Amblin? I I didn't know they had. A, I didn't know they had an animation arm. That's my thing. I'm like, well, so fucking. Five goes west. Five goes west. Full disclosure. I was gonna go Rankin Bass, Toei, and then fucking ET. God damn, we're old. So, Spielberg's Amblimation, I'll I'll put this out there too. Had the rights. He'd been dreaming about bringing the Broadway show to the big screen long before starting his animation studio. And he happened to live in the same building as Andrew Lloyd Webber. They got to talk. No shit. This is after, of course, you know, they killed Max Shrek together in an act of vengeance. Uh, And so they made a deal in 1990, announced the musical would be turned into an animated film, and they were going to develop it after they finished production on An American Tale. Uh, but it all they have all the animation for cats. Yep, and it all kind of fell apart. So, 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 what all did Amblin do for animation? What is I, Steven Spielberg's I, animation? Because I don't, I don't know. An American Tale, Fire Goes West. Uh, I mean, those are both tied up with Don Bluth, though, too. So here's the list: Balto, which turns out Balto's a fraud. Uh, Five Goes West. Uh, Land Before Time, a bunch of those. Oh, Land yeah. Before Time. There Again, we go. All of okay. that. Don Bluth, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. Okay. He. They actually only ended up doing three movies. Amblimation. Fern Gully. And Balto Fern was. Gully? Yeah. I mean, Fern Gully is Don Bluth. Uh, uh, Balto was kind of a flop. So we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we have recommendations, and uh, we'll close out. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops. It pains me. A jellical pod for jellical people. Yeah. The Cats episode is coming to an end. I dearly, dearly love this movie. It will never come to an end. Now and forever. It is Jell- the most insane thing I've ever seen in a theater. I wish I could have seen it with way more people. Because sitting there alone just doesn't do it justice. You need other people who are befuddled and scared and looking around like, am I the only one seeing this? What the hell's happening? Maybe a little horny. I don't know. Yeah. Like, you know, should I be horny? Should I not? What's the right answer? You need people there with you. It's it's a shared experience. It truly is. So my recommendation, I'll just get it off my chest. You should go to the nearest karaoke bar and you should choose Jellical Song for Jellical no. Cats. No. And uh, then hit us up on Twitter and I will fly to that bar and we're going to crush the shit out of that song. No. We are going to win the Curl day. Tinkle, no. I'm doing it. I'm doing it this weekend. I'll, I'll have Curl video tinkle. evidence of no. Jellical Cur- Song for Jellical mm. Cats. As God is my witness, right now, I want to see you singing Jellical songs for Jellical Cats. You don't have to do it well. You just have to do it at any karaoke. That will be my solemn promise to this pod. The next time we're together, it's happening. We can record it. We can put it out. I'll do it in a cat mask. It's happening. All right. 
Okay, recommendations. I've got the cat mask. Oh, I did want to ask, before you guys do your recommendations, what was your favorite song of the movie? Now, since I've listened to the soundtrack quite a few times, because it will never leave your head, the movie just won't escape. It, it resides in there. Everything you see is a cat. You look at someone on the street, and they have a cat face. It's everywhere. It doesn't go away. This movie is like gravity. All it takes is a little push. Yeah. I really love the song I just said. I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> I love Jellicle's song for Jellicle Cats. Okay, shit pickle. You, you used a gravity line there. That could easily turn into a cavity line. You missed the... Uh, Hmm? Yeah. This, as you know, is like my cavity. All it takes is a jellical push. Nailed it. Oh my god. I, I, is there a song I like in this thing? I mean, memory is sung incredibly well and it's powerful and it's done by the one person who's taking this whole thing seriously, which kind of makes me like it less. And, and honestly, I think it's McCavity because that's where it goes full on bad shit. I think the cats are kind of humping each other. It that's that's the point of No Return, Heart of Darkness. Holy shit! I can't. I can, I'm on this ride for the rest of the time. Yeah. This whole movie is like you're watching two and a half hours of the fucking Willy Wonka boat ride. That's what this is. Crossed with furry porn. Yeah, and and it never hits that peak quite so well as Cat Taylor Swift crooning about sexy cat Idris Elba <laughs> as all the other cats awkwardly don't have sex about that stage. It's really weird. Well, that's the worst part about ODing on catnip. You want to have sex, but you can't. Your tail stops working. How do you think sex works? <laughs> you take the tail and you insert it. I'm just going to stop. Do you put your balls in, into the tail? Wait, what? That's where the pee is stored. That is where the pee is stored. That's true. But no, I will uh, go back to Mr. Shit Pickle's comment and say, yeah, my favorite musical bit was the orgasmic uh, uh, explosion that was Taylor Swift's uh, musical number because that was the most confusing and awkward for me throughout the whole movie. The uh, rest of it was kind of forgettable and confusing. But that why one does was... this movie make you want to think that cat-human homunculi are sexy? They're not. They're weird-looking. But this movie insists that they're sexy, and they're not. I, I, yeah, I, I didn't have a crush on Victoria, but I, 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 I knew that was Taylor Swift, so that was kind of interesting. And it awakened some things in me. It was awkward, but I'll this take it. better not awaken anything in me like the Daisy Dukes. The entire conceit of Rum Tum Tugger is that he can make any being, human or otherwise, horny. Dude's got skills. Yes. This movie is so weirdly horny about the cats. And it, it's just... I don't. I don't get it. What what Broadway musical isn't slightly horny about something? It's kind of their thing. No, I, listen, I I agree. But when you see actual <laughs> actors on stage in like leotards and things, 
You're kind of like, oh, no, okay, human, cool. But when you see them completely rendered as cartoon, weird animal cat things, it's just, I'm like, listen, I I understand what you're trying to tell me. Like, this is supposed to be sexy. Welcome back to to Uncle Ruckus's shack here. They still got human fingers and human toes and human noses. Don't let the cat CGI confuse you. It's just people. Okay. Like that's that's the thing. Uh, we're gonna be in therapy for years. At least you two are, because I'll be years. living. I'll be living with the cats. No, uh, that's fair. Did you guys have recommendations? Uh, did I throw out Witcher recently? That that came out in the last uh, in the last pod we did. Only slightly that's... less confusing than Cats, The Witcher. <laughs> it's a bi- it's a big one though. That's, that's a big yeah, one. Yeah. No, I mean. Listen, if you haven't seen it yet, it's probably worth your time. Um, on somewhat related on a Netflix level, uh, I've watched the first two episodes of the new Dracula thing on Netflix, but the same folks who did uh, Sherlock. I've only seen, again, only seen the first two episodes, and it is absolutely trash. But it's it's kind of my trash, so it's fun. Is Dracula addicted to heroin like Sherlock? Uh, it's more like blood is his heroin, so kind of? Is he, does he have a six-pack of True Blood? <laughs> we've been on too long. Puffs, Pussford, give your recommendation. We, we've been on the exact jellical amount of time. This movie was abjectly terrible. Just absolutely awful. Um, I, I, I struggled to find a redeeming quality for it. So, in that vein, my recommendation is a excellent movie that I think is outstanding and I think is a little bit underrated. It gets overlooked. Um, Sling Blade, released in 1996. Quick rundown of the rankings here. It is an 8 out of 10 on IMDb, 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, and an 84% on Metacritic. So across the board, pretty well regarded. And it also won the Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay, which was written by Billy Bob Thornton, who wrote, directed, and starred in this movie. Um, it's not a happy movie, I'll, I'll warn you. It's a little dark, it's a little melancholy, but I think it's done really well, and it also stars uh, Dwight Yoakam as the terrific dickhead stepfather guy, which is, and he's awesome, and he just chews the scenery up as, as the bad guy. You've got John Ritter, as the uh, the gay best friend and and uh, the uh, key protagonist's uh, mom's best friend and uh, the the kid from Friday Night Lights and uh, yeah, Lucas Black. I think my favorite. What? That's Ooh. his name, Lucas. Black. Oh yeah, Lucas Black. He's in Tokyo yes. Drift. Come on. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Tokyo Drift. Not Friday Night Lights. Sling Blade. No, Tokyo also, Drift. Also, Friday Night but, Lights yeah, but, with Billy Bob Thornton. No kidding. He's the coach. Oh, yeah. He's, he's the coach. He's the coach, yeah. Uh, but don't forget, though, this movie has a fantastic soundtrack that gets overlooked by a French singer, songwriter, and producer, Daniel Lenoir, um, whose uh, uh, 80s album, uh, Acadia, is fantastic, and it's featured on this soundtrack. But he was the producer for the U2's The Joshua Tree, and Atching Baby, and uh, yeah. Also, 
fun fact, The Last of the Mohicans soundtrack. And yeah, the music for this movie is great. I think it's definitely a lost gem of the mid 90s. Check it out, Sling Blade. Good stuff. This is why Billy Bob hooked up with Angelina Jolie. That was a weird time for Billy Bob and, and everyone in Angelina Jolie. And, and he, again, he is unrecognizable in this movie. It's like a dark force gump. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that closes out our Cats episode. And don't listen to them. Cats was the best movie I've seen in 2020. And that's mainly because it's the only movie I've seen in 2020. But there's something about this film that will just never leave you. Ever. If you're ever seeking advice, you ought to ask Mr. Mistopheles, the original conjuring cat. The greatest magicians have something to learn from Mr. Mistopheles' conjuring turn. And we all say, oh, well, I never was there ever a cat so clever as magical Mr. Mistopheles. We'll see you next time. Are we in the 12th layer of hell? What happened? Get me out of here.